0: Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, you, Lord Christ. Another parable Jesus put before the crowd: The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field, but while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. And his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seeds are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
1: In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God, Amen. The tragic events of the last couple of weeks are very disturbing. I'm not sure how you have reacted to it, obviously. But for me, it's almost like there's a pall over everything because of uh, the terrible things that are happening. I think of the, uh, the, the conflict between Hamas and Israel and all the suffering that's resulting from that. And then, of course, we kind of forgot about the Ukraine until... Uh, that uh, Malaysia flight 17 was blown out of the sky. And what senseless loss, Uh, all those innocent people, no purpose in it whatsoever. And then we hear about all of these children who are escaping from Central America and uh, the stories about uh, one child saying that his school is run by gang members and they come in and and they want them to uh, take marijuana or, or cocaine And then they want to turn them into drug runners. And it's it's as though their life is just surrounded by addiction and by uh, violence and by slavery in a sense. Well, we know about all of this pain in the world, and some of it, of course, is close to home. Uh, Not all of the evil that we find is always over there. Some of it is very close is all we need to do is look uh, in Boston and what happens to so many young people there and the city of Chicago, the amount of trouble they're having with gun violence. It seems that evil is just permeating so many things. The The problem of evil in the world is, is a real mystery uh, to us. Philosophers and theologians have tried to uh, explain it, tried to uh, come up with what is called a theodicy, an, an explanation for how A loving, benevolent God could allow evil to exist in the world, but they've never come up with anything that really answers the question. Sometimes I hear people talk about uh, the personification of evil in the person of Satan as being a force that's almost or is as powerful as God. Uh, And that's that's not right. That's the church has been fighting that kind of dualism from the very beginning. In the end, what the church has always proclaimed is that good will prevail. But the other reality that we live with is the evil that we find among us. Well, I don't know about you, but that's not my favorite parable. (laughs) The good thing about having a lectionary is that it forces us to address things that we would not address otherwise. I'd never choose that text to preach. But I've had to meditate on it. I've had to think about what that means to me and what it might mean to us as a community. Uh, This past week, you remember, we had the parable of the sower. And this was the 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 sower that went out and sowed indiscriminately and really uh, with great abundance as those, you know, seed was was everywhere on good soil, on bad soil. Some of the seed took root and it would grow. Other seeds would not root properly, and some were were uh, killed. They were they were uh, choked out by weeds and thorns and some flourished in a way. This may have been a parable that Jesus used to explain to his disciples why some people would hear his preaching and his teaching, but not respond. Or some would respond for a while and follow him as a part of the crowd. But then in time, they'd just fall away. They would not be very faithful followers. Well, the parable that we have today is the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And it might have been used by Jesus to explain how evil is present, perhaps even among the disciples, which I'll mention a little bit later, but present in our world. And then later, as Matthew's writing, I'm sure that whoever wrote Matthew must have thought, is present in our church also evil is with us and Jesus seems to be trying to address that issue within the, the Christian community and the world this parable reminds me of uh, something that happened to Lou when we lived in San Antonio it was uh, the first house that we uh, had bought and uh, in San Antonio the, the the weather's pretty tough it's you know it's hot summer so there's a particular kind of grass that's grown there. It's called St. Augustine. Well, anyway, Lou was out in the front yard uh, very faithfully trying to take care of the lawn. And she was down on her knees pulling out weeds and stacking them up beside her. She said, as I was talking with her about it last night, she said, it was a pretty good stack of weeds. Well, this neighbor came by and said, what on earth are you doing? And she explained that she was trying to get these these runners, these weeds out of the lawn. And he said, that's the lawn. (laughs) It's one example of how difficult it can be to get pull out weeds and save the good. Sometimes you take out the good. I think it's helpful for us to understand what kind of weed Jesus was referring to as he uh, tells this parable. This particular weed was uh, present in Palestine in Jesus' day and was a real pest. It's called bearded darnel. And this bearded darnel would uh, grow among wheat. And as it's growing, it looks just like wheat. The problem is that the way it it grows, it entwines its uh, root with the root of the wheat as well. And you can't really tell what's wheat and what is darnel until uh, the seed is produced. And so the seed also is very dangerous. It can cause hallucinations or even death. So this this weed uh, is very difficult, impossible to remove without removing good wheat. And yet it's taking good nourishment and scarce uh, water from the soil and starving the plant. Well, this is a perfect uh, metaphor. For the description of evil that Jesus is putting forth, because it's this evil that is among us that we sometimes can't recognize, but we think we do. And we'd like to get rid of it. And Jesus warns not to do that. The the parable itself is uh, it starts out by saying that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, as he uses it in Matthew, is like a man who goes out in his field and he plants wheat and then in the night, the evil one comes and plants the weeds, the seed, the seed for the weeds. Now, as this grows, the servants realize that there's there are weeds in that uh, planting. And they asked the, the man, did you plant weeds? Did you have bad seed? He said, no. He said, that is the wheat. And, the, and an evil one came and put the weeds in the, in the field. But they want to pull up those weeds. And he says, No. We'll wait for the harvest. And of course, it's not until the harvest that you can really distinguish between the two plants. The problem of the presence of evil uh, is is always with us, it seems. And it's and what Jesus is warning us against is just attacking that evil wherever we may think we see it, because we may also take out the good. I think that uh, we have experienced this in the Episcopal Church. Uh, You know, our church has struggled for many years uh, around issues of sexuality and the ordination of women. And you may have heard only uh, this past week, I guess it was, that the Church of England has uh, approved the ordination of women as bishops. This has been a huge struggle in our church. A classmate of mine, a woman, is no longer part of the Episcopal Church, a wonderful, gifted person. She's gone to one of these break-off Anglican groups. And it's all because of this conflict over sexuality and ordination. So I think that ultimately what's happened is that both sides have tried to weed the church. And in the process, some of the good has been taken out as well. This problem of evil was certainly present with Jesus as he extended his ministry. If you think about just about his disciples Judas was a faithful disciple, as far as we can tell, until the very end. He was always concerned about money. And, you know, he got upset that time that Jesus wanted to spend this uh, very precious oil, a fragrant oil on this woman who came to see him. But uh, Judas was basically, as we understand it, was one of the faithful twelve until the end. And then, of course, he betrays Jesus. Peter, we think of Peter as as a great example of uh, leadership in the church. Uh, Peter, who was very, uh, had a very interesting personality. He was always out there going to do things and always wanted to to go ahead. Remember that Jesus at one point referred to him as Satan. Get behind me, Satan. And called uh, Peter a stumbling block for him. And then, of course, we know that eventually Peter uh, denied Jesus Three times, not once or twice, but three times. The thing that I always hold on to with regard to that and a wonderful teaching, I think, for all of us is that you remember in one of the Gospels, Jesus is present with Mary and he tells Mary, go back and tell Peter and the others what you have seen. So Peter is still recognized, even after that huge failing of deserting Jesus in his most In his darkest hour, Peter is still seen as someone who is worthy of being a disciple. And then, of course, in one of the passages in the Gospels, Jesus is at table that last night with the disciples. And he says, you will all become deserters because of me this night. Evil present even among the disciples. So we should not be surprised at finding evil present among us or where we work, or where we are in school. With all of us, there's the potential for good and the potential for evil. I think we all know that. Uh, That's why we can come and say that, uh, that general thanksgiving, and it can be a relief to be able, at least once a week, to say, you know, forgive me for the things I've done, and for those things that I know I should have done, but I left undone. And then to hear those words of absolution, to remember that we have a gracious God, a God who will forgive. Luther said that Christians are simultaneously sinner and saint. And that's certainly the case, I think, with all of us. There's a real danger in trying to weed out this evil that we see among us sometimes. I think we have to remember that also in Matthew, is that uh, admonition that we should not judge lest we be judged and with the same severity. I as I was uh, writing that I thought about some of the people I know that I've judged uh, some of the politicians I've judged. This is a confession. (laughs) It's been pretty severe and that could come back to me. You know I don't think about that in the moment but That's what the gospel is telling us. We need to be careful about judging others. We don't know what it is to be in their shoes. We don't know what life they are leading, the decisions that they've had to make, the difficulties that they're dealing with day to day. I think the reality for most of us is that uh, life presents us with difficult circumstances. And perhaps the most difficult is when we must make a choice Between two things that are not good. We might even call them evil. I think of Bonhoeffer with regard to this. You remember that uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a a German Lutheran pastor during uh, World War Two, was became a part of the plot to kill Hitler. And uh, it's. It's very evident through all of Bonhoeffer's life that he was a pacifist. He was active member of as a very young man in a pacifist group. But he says in his writings that at some point you have to choose. You have to choose between two evils. And in another place in his writing, he acknowledges that that was sin. He knew he knew he committed sin if he tried to kill Hitler. But it was a choice between two evils. Sometimes we have terrible choices put in front of us. But the thing we have to hold on to is that we also worship a loving God, a God who is willing to forgive. Also, a God who knows that we are imperfect and that we live in an imperfect world. We will never be perfect. For some of us, that's hard to accept. (laughs) Can't we get there? Can't we just do it right? And the truth is that we often don't. But thank goodness we have a God who is willing to forgive us. I often, almost uh, every week, listen to uh, a podcast that's done by uh, David Loes, uh, who teaches preaching at, uh, at Luther Seminary in Minneapolis, and he is a wonderful uh, expositor of the Gospels, but he also has great reflections for preachers. And this particular week, he reflected on the lesson that I've been preaching about, and he ends it with this prayer. And uh, I hope that this can be our prayer as well. Dear Lord, our lives are colored by ambiguity, and we don't always know the right or best thing to do. But we do know that your love is guiding us and that you have called us to live as your people in the world. When we face hard choices, give us eyes to see the best path forward and the courage to follow it. When we make mistakes, forgive us. When we are hurt by our choices, comfort us. When when we hurt others, help us to reach out to them in love. And above all and beyond all these decisions, remind us that you still love us and call us back to this place, that we may be forgiven, renewed, called, and sent forth once more as your beloved children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.